0: We'll go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians, where chapter 2, This uh, we're seeing Paul's letter to, to, to these believers in Thessalonica. He uh, established this church on his second missionary journey, and he's writing to them to stand strong in the midst of persecution. The truth is, we all need that. In the fallen world, in our culture, we want to stand strong. But as we continue this morning, and we've been going through the book verse by verse, of course, as we always do, uh, Paul's talking about end-time events. And the reason is because uh, he's, he's making sure they understand the, the God's plan for the ages. In fact, this morning, as we look at it, we're going to see the time of the tribulation, the man of sin, which we call the Antichrist. These believers had received false message. They were told that the rapture had happened and they had missed it. Paul writes to correct that and to give them truth. And when we think about God's plan for the ages, you remember we just got through studying the book of Daniel, and we saw Daniel talked about the rapture and the tribulation and the Antichrist and the second coming of Jesus Paul reminds these Thessalonians he had already taught them about these things. He had gone to the, gone in that area, led people to Christ, formed the church. wasn't there very long, maybe maybe four to four to six weeks, the best we can tell, because we know he talks about three straight Sabbath days responding to them, that kind of thing. So we're not sure how long he was there, but he taught them these truths. So We want to be encouraged as we look at this as well. Well, you know, false teaching, it's everywhere. I hate to say it, but it is. It's always been in the church, even from the very beginning. I want you to think about this. On Paul's first missionary journey, he went to what the region, modern-day Turkey, but he went to what was called the Galatian region. And he went there, and he went to a number of cities, went to cities, led people to Christ. Most of the time, they'd run him out of town. He'd go to the next city, lead people to Christ. He taught them that salvation was a gift, that you're justified by faith alone and Christ alone. And he taught that. Do you realize, not long after Paul left, people came in, and taught that you must keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. So Paul wrote the letter that we call Galatians. He had to write that to them to remind them. And remember how he started the book? He says, I'm amazed you've already moved away from the gospel message. And he talked about it, that justification and salvation was just by faith. Well, now we see that Paul, on the second missionary journey, went to Thessalonica, led people to Christ, formed the church, taught them truths, and left... After he left, somebody has sent word to them and said to them, you missed the rapture. Rapture's already happened. You're in the tribulation. That's why there's such great persecution. Well, as we're looking at this now, Paul is, is going to write about this and correct these things. Let me remind you of where all this took place. If you remember, Paul, on his second missionary journey, he stopped at Troas, got a vision to go into Macedonia. He left. He went to Philippi and, and Philippi for a short time. Then he went to Thessalonica. Basically, they ran him out of town. He went to Berea. They ran him out of town. He comes down to Athens, and that's where he has that you know, Mars hill, and he gives that great talk in Acts chapter 17. And then he goes to Corinth. And when he's in Corinth, he gets messages from... From certain people that things are going wrong in Thessalonica. So he writes what we call First Thessalonians. Then, later, after writing that, he gets word again from Corinth that somebody has told them that the rapture already happened. So Paul writes this second letter, 2 Thessalonians, writing to that church so they can understand, and it's a great thing. Now, three things stand out in the letter, and we've seen this as we've been going through it. They're under great persecution, there's false teaching concerning the rapture and the tribulation, and there are problem people in the church. Uh, And we're going to get to that. That's in chapter 3. In chapter 1, he dealt with persecution. In chapter 2, he's dealing with the false teaching concerning the rapture and the tribulation. And in chapter 3, he's going to deal with problem people in the church. Well, let me remind you of this false teaching. By some letter, as he said in chapter 2, by either some letter or some message or something, they were told that the rapture had happened and they were left behind. Now, you remember... That this is the, the chart. Jesus Christ came the first coming of Christ. He came to the earth to die on the cross, pay for sin, rise again. He sent it back to heaven. We're now in the church age. The second coming of Jesus Christ, when He comes as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and sets up a kingdom. Now He's going to come. First coming, second coming, but he's going to come in the clouds called the rapture. He's coming to the clouds to take the church, the body of Christ, that's us. Anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ is, and now is the, is the body of Christ, the church. And one of these days, Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds. First Thessalonians, he taught that. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and thus will always be with the Lord. That's going to happen. Well, what they were told is it already happened and these believers are now in this tribulation time period, which sometimes, sometimes it's called, you know, the great tribulation, the tribulation, that time period. And so he has written to them and already in the letter we saw that he said, listen, that's not going to happen. The tribulation is not going to happen until two things. First of all, the rapture is going to occur, the church is going to leave, and then this man of sin will be revealed. He actually says that. In verse 3 of chapter 2, we already saw it. He wrote last time, we saw last time, he told them, don't be disturbed by that false information. He then told them in verse 4, and if you look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, he describes this man of sin. He says, he opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, he takes a seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That's what he says. He claims to do that. And then Paul writes, "Oh, let me go back." Then Paul writes this and says, "When I was with that, when I was with you, I told you these things. I told you these things would happen. And so it's a, it's an a, amazing." And he told him that those kind of things would already happen, and now they have happened. So when he writes this letter, and what we're looking at in this section of the letter is this. In verses 6 and 7, he's going to remind them of something that he taught them, that the Holy Spirit, and this may be some people... I've talked to people today. Some people say, really? I didn't understand that. The Holy Spirit actually restrains evil and is restraining the time of what we call the tribulation. We'll talk about it in a second. That's in verses 6 and 7. Then he's going to talk about God's judgment on the Antichrist. Then we're going to see Satan's deception of those who reject Christ. Now, we're talking about Satan's deception during the tribulation time period of those who reject Christ, and then we're going to see God's judgment. That's at the end. We'll go through this fairly quickly just so you can put it together and see how it fits. Now, Paul says, remember, this time's not going to come till the rapture and then the man of sin. Now, here's a great truth that you may not realize. God is holding back evil and he's holding back this time period, which we call the tribulation. The Holy Spirit is restraining evil. We're going to see it in just a minute. You may wonder, you may say, well, everybody says, you know, the world's getting worse and worse it is. And it is. And P- Peter talks about it. Paul talks about it and in 2 Timothy. He says, in the latter days, evil things will come. People will turn away from God. All of that. We know we're in the last days. We've been in the last days since Jesus Christ. And so we're in the last days. But And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But you know what? It's not as bad as it could be. The Holy Spirit is restraining evil. And as we're going to see, he's holding back that time and he's even holding back that evil one. Notice verses 6 and 7. Let me just read those. He says, And you know what restrains him now. The him is the Antichrist. And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That passage is actually saying that there is one, there is someone holding back this evil, this evil one, this man of sin, the one who's going to put his idol up in the temple in Jerusalem and claim to be God. He says there's one holding him back now until the time. So let's look again at verse 6. In fact, he's holding back the evil one. Notice what he says. He says, and you know, he had already taught them this, and you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed. Something is restraining. Now, in in our Bibles, we the uh, New American Standard puts, and you know what is restraining him. Well, the, actually in the Greek it says the one restraining him. The article, the, it's referring to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, the word spirit in the, in the Greek is neuter. And there's the, it's a neuter article there. So the translators put what? They could have put he. Because the next verse they do put he. If you notice in verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains. The one restraining is the Holy Spirit. And it's referring, of course, to the Holy Spirit. So he says, he says, do you not know what restrains him now? Who restrains him now? So that in his time, he will be revealed. There's going to be a time after we're gone in which there's going to be that 10 king federation. You remember, we talked about this in the book of Daniel. Once the church is gone, there's going to be chaos in the world. We know that. We know that from the book of Daniel, there'll be a 10 king federation form. From the 10 king federation, there will be three kings come to power. From those three kings, through three rulers, through three national leaders, one will come to power and make a peace pact with the nation of Israel. That one is the man of sin, the lawless one. We call him the Antichrist. He makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel for seven years. That's, we call that the tribulation because the tribulation lasts seven years. And so this is what's going to happen. And I wanted to remind you that the hymn in this point. It says, we know what restrains him. The him is the Antichrist. I was going to show the chart again. After we're gone, there's going to come to power. There's going to be a ten king federation. We saw that a number of times in the book of Revelation and in the book of Daniel when we did our study. And then there'll be one man come to power. He makes a peace pact with Israel for seven years. And, at seven, and halfway through, now here's what's amazing about it, halfway through the seven years, we saw this in the book of Daniel, he breaks the peace pack, he breaks the covenant, that's found in Daniel nine twenty four, uh, 9.27, also in Matthew 24.15, he breaks the peace pack, claims to be God, this is where he puts his idol up in the temple, claims to be God, displaying himself as God, as Paul actually taught the Thessalonians even way back then. So Paul is saying, first of all, just remember this, the one is restraining him now so that in his time he will reveal, be revealed. And then he goes on and says in verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now, when we talk about lawlessness, we're talking about rebellion. There's already the rebellion. The rebellion has begun. You know, when you think of Star Wars and the rebellion. I'm mean, look, the rebellion has come. There, there is evil and rebellion and the fallenness of the, of the fallen world system. And one of these days, the apex of all rebellion is going to be the man of sin, the Antichrist, who is demon-possessed. Think about how the rebellion has already come. Now, you may not think about this, but things are lining up. There are no. Let me just make sure you understand this. There are no signs for the rapture. Rapture happen any second, could happen right now but there are signs that get things set up for the tribulation time period. One of those is the Antichrist makes a peace pact with who? The nation of Israel. Well, until 1948, there was no nation of Israel. A.D. 70, they were scattered by the Romans, and they were scattered throughout the whole world, and it wasn't until 1948 that they became a nation again. So in a sense, there's Israel, and they are now a nation that could make the peace pact. We we'll already know that there's this whole idea of the one world money system and how we already know that the Antichrist is going to put that thing where you've got to have 666. It's either on your hand or your forehead. Well, people years ago said, there's no possible way that you can do that. Nowadays, they can put chips under anything, do anything they want to do. It's, the world is getting ready for that sort of thing. And we can see it coming to pass. So, but let me just say this. And when he says, you know, one is restraining, and the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the great truth is this God's in control. And there's nothing's going to happen unless God allows it. And at the right time, Jesus Christ is going to leave the glories of heaven, come in the clouds, John 14, he's gone to prepare a place for us. He says, if it wasn't that way, I'd have told you i go to a prayer place for you. When I get it ready, I'll come back and get you so you can be with me. He's talking to the body of Christ, the church. One of these days, he's going to come in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians 15, he's going to come and take us off the face of the earth. When he does that, then the Holy Spirit, who is restraining this particular system and this whole idea, is going to release it. Notice what he says. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken away. And that means the Holy Spirit is no longer going to restrain this evil part, this man, and this time. So there's going to be the rapture and the seven-year tribulation and the 10 King Federation and the Antichrist and then the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, watch what he says in verse 8. Then, when the Holy Spirit stops restraining, then that lawless one will be revealed. And that's who he is. He's called the lawless one. He's called the man of sin. He's called the Antichrist. He's called the beast that rises up out of the sea. He's called the prince who's going to come in Daniel chapter 9. There are all kind of names, but we've often just called him the Antichrist. The best name and the name that's found throughout the book of Revelation is the beast. He's called the beast that rises up out of the sea. It's a person, and he's demon-possessed. Now, what's going to happen to this man? Uh, notice what it says. Then the lawless one will be revealed, and then notice what It says, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. When Jesus Christ comes, it will be the end of the Antichrist. We already know when we studied the Bible and the book of Daniel that when Jesus Christ comes, he comes riding on a white horse. We're going to come with him. This is the second coming. This is not the rapture. He's coming to the earth. And he speaks, look at, look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse four says, but with the righteous, he will judge the poor and with fairness for the afflicted, of the earth, he will strike the earth with a rod of his mouth. This is Jesus coming. And with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. He's just gonna speak and it's gonna be over. Let me read something to you. You don't have to turn there, but this is in Revelation chapter 19. This is when Jesus comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He comes to the earth as the king to rule. He says this, I saw heaven, this is John, and he sees this, I saw heaven open and a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written that no one knows except himself. He is clothed clothed with a robe dripped in blood, and his name is The word of God. This is Jesus. And later on it says, And on his robe and his thigh his name is written as the king of kings and the lord of lords. And when he comes, and that's, uh, let me put this up here. I didn't, this is the second coming of Jesus. And in verse 20 it says, And the beast, that's who he is, the antichrist, and the false prophet were seized by him. And those, these are the ones who had deceived those who had received the mark of the beast. They were thrown into the lake of fire. So in 2 Thessalonians, Paul says one day that lawless one's going to come because the Holy Spirit's not going to hold it back anymore. And when that lawless one comes and he does all these things, then Jesus is coming at the end of the tribulation, and he's going to come and judge, and he's going to deal with the Antichrist. He's going to deal with some other things as well. But let me just tell you something. This, This Antichrist and the things that are happening there, Uh, it's it's amazing. The first time Jesus Christ came, he came to die as the Savior, the Lamb, the Shepherd. The second time he comes, he comes to rule in judgment as the Lion and as the King. coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, let me say something. Look what this verse goes on to say. It says that the, the lawless one will be revealed and the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. What's behind all this? What's behind the, when the Holy Spirit releases this, that this man of sin comes and claims to be God? What is behind this? Behind this is Satan. We already know from the very beginning that at the fall, after Satan in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, when Satan himself rebelled against God and he was cast out, and some fallen angels angels went with him. And there's that spiritual. There's a spiritual battle going on. That's why this fall, one of the classes I'm, gonna, I'm the class I'm going to teach in the SBI is angels and demons because there's a lot of stuff about that, and I think we ought to understand how it fits. There's a spiritual battle going on, but this is an angel who is evil, which we've talked about many times. He's Satan. He's the devil. He's a liar. That's who he is. He's a liar and a deceiver. Notice what it says about him. This one is coming, who's coming. This is verse 9. This is one who's coming in accord with the activity of Satan. That means the Antichrist is coming, working with Satan with all powers and signs and wonders. I think it's an amazing thing. When the Antichrist comes to power, he's going to claim to be God. He's actually... One of the verses says that he has a wound that looks like it's a deadly wound and then he heals. Some people actually say that they think the Antichrist is going to look like he dies and comes back from the dead, and then people are going to begin to worship him. That's when he puts his idol up in the temple and claims to be God. Nobody knows for sure exactly how this is going to happen, but it says that in Satan's power and signs and false wonders, all of those things are going to happen. Now, this is during the tribulation. This is not now. The Antichrist is going to do all these things. This is the time of the tribulation, and they're going to fool people. People have always brought this up. When we're gone, and it starts the seven-year tribulation, when the peace pact is signed by the Antichrist and the nation of Israel, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 7 that 144,000 Jewish believers will be raised up, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. They trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, and they begin to proclaim the message of Christ throughout the world. Antichrist will definitely persecute them, go after them because they're God's chosen people. Plus, they're also believers in Jesus Christ. Many Jewish people will trust in Christ during the tribulation. Many other people will trust in Christ during the tribulation. When the tribulation begins, there are no believers because the church is gone. But many people will believe. What happens, though, when this man of sin comes to power, there are people who are fooled. And during the tribulation, many people will trust Jesus, but many people will not trust Jesus. Look what he says here. This one, verse 9 again, this one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders, with all the deception of wickedness, for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth as to be saved. Now, there are going to be people who perish. And when we say perish, we're talking about not only die physically, but they're going to be separated from God forever. They are rejecting Jesus Christ. And notice what it says, that this deception of wickedness. Why do they perish? It says they did not receive the love of the truth to be saved. I want you to understand, they rejected Jesus Christ And when they rejected Jesus Christ, they fall for the lies of the devil. I want you to understand that. This is during tribulation time period. Now, even today, when people reject Jesus, they'll fall for anything else. But during the tribulation, when the Antichrist comes to power, people who reject Jesus, and there'll be many people who will trust Christ during the tribulation. There'll be many people who do not trust Christ during the tribulation. And the people that do not trust Christ, they will then be fooled. And he says, why do they perish? Because they did not receive the love of the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the land comes to the Father except through him. They reject Jesus Christ, and they fall for the lies of the devil. Notice what it says again. This one whose activity is coming with, this one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with signs and wonders, and with all deception of wickedness. For those who perish, they're not believers, because they didn't receive the love of the truth. Now, why? Because they rejected Christ. Now, I want you to see this, and this is what makes it key. They are deceived because they reject the truth. They don't reject the truth because they are deceived. You've got to understand that. There is an order. The order is this. They reject Jesus, they reject the truth, and then they believe the lie of the Antichrist. It's not that these people don't have a chance to understand. It's not that they're deceived and never understand the truth about Jesus. They reject the truth about Jesus and then fall for the lies of the devil and see this man, this Antichrist, and that's why they take the mark of the beast. That's They believe that he's the true God, and they reject the truth. And by the way, when people reject the truth of Jesus Christ, they will believe almost anything, and we know that. And then God's going to judge. Watch what it says. Verse 11. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they'll believe what is false. Listen, God allows them to believe what is false. God doesn't make them believe what is false, but God allows them to believe what they want to believe. You understand that God doesn't make us do anything. God doesn't want you to sin, but God allows you to sin. If you, if you want to do wrong and choose to do wrong... He allows you to sin. In the tribulation time period, God allows these people, when they reject Christ, he allows them to be fooled by Satan. In fact, he even says he sends a deluding influence so they will believe what is false in order that, verse 12, that they may be judged because they did not believe the truth. I want you to understand, salvation is a gift. And it's not by works in any way, shape, or form. It's a gift. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're saved and saved forever. And when people reject that and they say, I don't believe that, then they'll fall for anything. And during the tribulation, they're going to follow this guy. And it says they didn't believe the truth. Salvation always goes back to faith. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So this is a really hard passage. And what he basically says is this. The Holy Spirit is holding back evil until a particular time. And then when we're gone, the Holy Spirit's going to release, and there's going to be a man of sin come to power. And when he comes to power, he's coming to power in the power of Satan. And God, Jesus Christ, is actually going to judge this man when he comes. But while he's there, those who reject Jesus during the tribulation, many will believe, but many will not. Those who reject will believe the lies of the devil and ultimately be separated from God because they did not believe the truth. The truth, the salvation message in Jesus Christ. Those who reject Jesus will fall for the lies of the devil. Now, this is during tribulation time periods. So it's not talking about right now, but we already know this, that when you talk to people about Jesus Christ and when people reject Jesus Christ they'll believe almost anything else. I mean, you just look at our world. We've got people who think they're men coming down and doing these kind of things. we got people who look to the occult. we got people who are going to psychics. We, we just came back from L.A., lower Alabama, and as we were going down there to the coast... Uh, We saw, and Sarah was in the car with us, and and we saw five, I think, five psychic places. As we're going down highway, what is it, 59, and there's somebody psychic with another two, three, half a mile, another psychic. Sarah said, Daddy, look, all the psychics, people, what a mess. When you reject Jesus, you'll fall for anything, the occult, the false religions, the cults that are out there. Uh, part of a study of the angels and demons that we're going to talk about in the fall is going to be dealing a little bit with the occult because Satan's behind all the occult and all the false religions. So it's a mess. The truth is, in Jesus Christ, all who believe have eternal life, but the lie of the devil, especially during the tribulation, is the man of sin, is the true God, and to believe in him. And as I said many times, when people reject Jesus, they'll believe almost anything. Well, in this passage, the Holy Spirit's holding back evil. When the Holy Spirit stops, rapture's going to come, and then there'll be the tribulation time period. The Antichrist will come to power. He'll claim to be God. Those who reject Jesus Christ will leave the lies of the devil, and then when Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings and Lord of lords, he will destroy the Antichrist and judge the unbelievers. That's what he says in this passage. So there's some great things. Let's, let's look at some applications. First of all, let's understand the role of the Holy Spirit in restraining evil in our world. I want you to understand that the world is not as bad as it could be. And we already see that one day, and I, I, I've talked about this before, one day Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is, is going to come in the clouds, and we're going to be gone. And then the Holy Spirit is going to stop restraining at evil, and allow that man to come, and there'll be that seven-year tribulation that we talked about in this passage. So understand the role of the Holy Spirit. Second, understand that the Antichrist comes in Satan's power to fool the world. Those who reject Jesus will believe the lies of Satan and the Antichrist, and God will judge the Antichrist at his coming. Last but not least, let's proclaim salvation By faith in Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And all who believe in Jesus have eternal life. And I hope I've made it clear today, we do it all the time, but salvation is a gift. Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin, and he rose again to conquer death, and he offers the gift of eternal life. And whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. It is that simple. It is not our works. It is not our goodness. It is faith alone in Christ alone. All who believe in Jesus have eternal life, but those who reject Jesus will be judged and separated. We know that. We hate that. That's why we need to share our faith. So there's some great things in this passage. We'll continue next time. Uh, one, of, one of the hard passages because he talks about what's going to happen uh, for them and how God is going to deliver them from the tribulation. He's talking about the believers.